Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kike. Hello, Jamie Van Kike here and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, we have on guest Jenny Schubring. Jenny is a life coach and she's here today talking to us about our strengths. During the conversation, we talk about how you can identify your strengths and how you can use your strengths. Because the reality is most of us have these strengths that we don't even know are our strengths because we assume that everybody thinks the same way. Everybody prioritizes things the same way we do. So today, Jenny is going to talk to us about using our strengths and how we can identify the strengths on our team members. So that way, we can use our team members in the way that's going to be best for everyone involved and not put people in situations where they are more likely to fail. During the conversation, we talk about the Strengths Finders test. And after the interview, I am going to share with you my top five strengths. So let's jump right into the interview. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so glad to be here, Jamie. Thank you for the opportunity. Let's kick everything off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you do today for your business. Oh, that's so fun because, you know, you never know how you're going to end up right where you are, right? So um, if you would have told me 20 years ago I was going to be a life coach, I would have been like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, um, so the fact that I'm here is a, a fun place. But uh, I had opportunities to work in all different areas. Um, I went to school to be in rec management. So I did that for a little while. I worked at the YMCA and I worked at districts, like um, recreation districts um, in, in my local area. Uh, stay at a home mom for a while, homeschool mom for a while and uh, started working, I have a minor in psychology and I started working at a counseling clinic. And what was happening is uh, a lot of times people were coming like 20 minutes before their appointment so that they could hang out with me before they went in for their appointment. So it was actually the counselors in the, in the clinic that said, you know, Jenny, you should go back to school and get your counseling degree. And I have no desire to go back to school, like none. So <laughs> I, I decided um, to go the life coaching route. I love to learn. I just don't love to do it in a classroom setting. And that's what I love about my training, <laughs> right? So that's what I love about the life coaching training is I have a license through a company called Nexecute. And I get trained through them. I have a one-on-one coach with them. And um, I get updated information. So it's an ongoing learning process, which I really appreciate. And they're always developing new tools that I get to use with my coaching clients. And so that has been something that uh, has been really beneficial in the process of becoming a life coach. Um, So that's kind of, in a nutshell, real quick, how I got here. 
Yeah, so I'm definitely right there with you on going back to school. I know my husband every once in a while says he wants to go back and get a math degree just for fun. And I'm like, really? You want to go sit in a classroom setting? Like, why? Like, just just take little things online here or there. Like, I'm all about learning. I'm all about bettering yourself. I was just like, oh, <laughs> the thought of going back to like a formal classroom learning for like an entire semester or to get another degree, I'm just like, I can't do it. <laughs> I am right there with you, right there with you. Yeah, so for all, our, so everyone listening, one of the reasons I'm bringing, I'm bringing on Jenny is because she really helps people dig into their strengths. And I think this is so important when you're leading someone is you really need to know more about yourself in order to lead your team well, know what you do great, know what you're maybe not so great at. So Jenny, can you tell us a little bit, just an overview of what is StrengthsFinders, this tool that you use to help people identify more about themselves? So this is a tool that um, Gallup came out with called the Clifton Strengths Finder. And it basically what they did is divided everything up into four or 34 strengths. And you can go online, you can take it for 20 bucks and they will spit out your top five. And what I have learned is that even though we live in a culture that is always trying to fix our weaknesses, the benefit and how much more we have impact we have on people when we actually work within our strengths is been so much more impactful and more efficient. And you get to use people um, in their best, with their best self. And so, um, they will kick out a little report, tells you your top five, it tells you a little description, but then they have a report that's really specific to you. And this is why I love it, because for somebody to have the same top five strengths with the same exact description is like one in 33 million. Wow. I mean, it's so specific to you. So my husband and I, we share two, two strengths in the top five, and their, their descriptions are completely different and how we use them in our life. So that's what I love about it because it does just gets to the nitty gritty. It gets to the pieces of, of really who we are and how we interact with the world. So can you give us an example? Like what are the, some of these uh, items that come up in those strengths? I think you said there's 35 different ones. Give us an example of what some of these strengths are. Sure. So I'll just start with mine. So I okay. have my top five strengths are communication, belief, adaptability, connectedness, and restorative. And for example, communication um, allows me to talk really well, <laughs> although sometimes it seems that way. Sometimes it's a little challenging as of right now. Um, <laughs> I can communicate well. Verbally, I can communicate well in writing, um, and I also learned that part of communication is very much a listening piece to it, too. Often we talk about how what we're expressing, but it's also how you're internalizing information as it comes at you as well. So those are all pieces of communication. One of my favorite strengths that I have in my top five is my adaptability, mostly because I never recognized it as a strength, because it comes off as unorganized or not caring. So if you look at my desk right now, it is uh, not pretty. 
not pretty at all. It is, it has piles of things and there's no organization to it at all. And the reason for that is that it doesn't affect how I work. And so, whereas my husband does not have adaptability. So one of my favorite things to think of is like in the kitchen, if he's going to clean or if he's going to make breakfast, he has to have an, a space that's completely cleared off and ready to go. And if I'm going to make breakfast, I can work around the mess. If there's dirty dishes, that's okay. Um, I can just keep working around it, which drives him absolutely nuts. But in the, at the same time, it allows me to be able to work in almost any circumstance. I don't have to have things my way in order for it to work because I don't have a way. <laughs> so um, that, that gives me the flexibility to work with many different kinds of people, many different spaces, all of that kind of thing. So, and I never looked at that as a strength. I just thought that that's what people do. And clearly that's not. <laughs> so you have me so intrigued right now because I know every time we talk, I'm always like, yes, I'm going to go take the test. I'm going to go find out what my strengths are. And I still haven't yet, but I promise before this episode goes live, I'm going to take the test and I'm going to put what my strengths are in the show notes. Hold me accountable to that. Absolutely. But I wonder if adaptability is going to be in my top because like some of the stuff you're saying is is similar to me as well. And I know I'm always very adaptable, like going into situations, kind of going with the flow type thing. If things change mid-course, it's like, okay, you just got to keep going. You just got to figure out now what do you do with this new set of information when it comes to like the desks and everything. My desk is always a mess. And people are always like sometimes surprised with that because when it comes to some other things, I'm very on top of things, very organized, but it's like cleaning my desk the thought of cleaning up my desk actually stresses me out more than having a dirty desk. And it's like, to me, I know where everything is. My yep. husband, we share an office and his desk is pretty much almost always like spotless. Maybe there's a glass left on it. Most likely not. And he'll actually spend time every week wiping it down, cleaning it. And he's like, I don't understand how you can work with stuff all over your desk. And I'm just like, hey, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. That's just me. Right? I know my husband's the same. You can see the direct line in our bedroom where it's my side and his side based on, on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so interesting. So I really like how you, you said one of the reasons why people should go find their strengths is because there's things that you're doing that because it might not be the same as everybody else, you think that they're, they're a weakness, but really they're, they're a strength of yours. So that I love that. I think it's so important too, especially, you know, when you talk about working in a team, um, recognizing this was a, such an eye opener for me. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I didn't know there were people who actually love to do spreadsheets. I didn't know that because I do not. And so yeah. I just assumed if I had to do a spreadsheet and it's miserable for me, that it would be miserable for everybody. But there are people who not only like to do them, like thrive to do them. And so something that would take me like an hour to put together, I can zip over to a friend who has that, that desire and they'll do it in five minutes and be happy that they helped me, you know? And so when you start incorporating those pieces into a team atmosphere and you recognize who is good at what, instead of trying to always fix at what they're not good at, the efficiency and the joy that comes out of being able to work within your strengths 
just makes such a huge Im impact on what you're doing. Yes, yes, exactly. And yeah, it's one of those things like you don't want people on your team that are exactly the same as you because no. everyone has different things and they're going to help like function as that whole that you need. And, and when you find out your team members strengths, you can give them those assignments that light them up. You know, that are going to make them happy and make them engaged. Yes. So if you're giving someone a spreadsheet assignment and they hate it, they're going to be there and be miserable. But you give it to someone else and you're like, oh, my God, I had the best day ever. Right. right. And I think that's such a big part of it is that we really assume we only know what we know. Right. So if it's something that we love, it's really easy to just assume other people love it. And if it's something that we hate it's just easy to assume that other people hate it too. And that is so not the case. And so if you can find those pieces that where people are going to thrive because they love what they're doing, it's just, it, there's nothing better when it comes to teamwork. Right. So what if your strength conflicts with someone else's strength? That is a good question. So oftentimes it's not necessarily like the power of our strengths that are conflicting. It's usually a shadow. So a shadow of a strength is when your strength is being overused, underused, or misused. So for, for example, with my, my strength of communication, if I'm overusing it, I'm usually end up using it more for my benefit, for my selfish benefit, versus the benefit of my team or the people around me. And so the overuse of communication might be something like manipulation because I have the words that can uh, shift the ideas of people. And if I start using that in a negative way, that's when it becomes a shadow. And so of course that's going to be conflicting with other people. So one of the things is first of all, awareness being aware of your strength and then being aware of your shadows of your strengths can make such a big difference in how you interact with people. Because now I was one of those things that I didn't really aware. I wasn't aware that I did that until I did this whole process with my coach and recognized, Oh my goodness, I, I do that. And so being able to catch it now before it gets out of hand where I'm going to be negatively affecting other people. And if it's conflicting with somebody else, one of the, the verbiage that I really try to um, incorporate with people is the idea that intent. And that becomes a word that, that gets used in conflict resolution. So when you think of when somebody's rubbing up against you, it irritates you, right? So the, the question I start asking myself or ask my question is, well, what is their intent? Is their intent to hurt you? Is their intent to annoy you? Is their intent to do something negative? I would venture to say the majority of the time that answer is no. Right. Of course, there's other times that it is, but when you're in a team, the goal is not to the goal is not a selfish ambition, right? The goal is to really have the whole team be successful. So the intent is huge. So if you can start having conversations with each other about, I know this wasn't your intent but this is how I felt that kind of conversation that can make such a big difference. And when you start recognizing not only your own strengths, but the strengths of the team and how they interact with theirs, again, most of the time when it's rubbing up against you, 
their strength is being in the shadow as well. Not all the time, but sometimes it is. So if you're aware of your team's strengths and you're aware of the shadows, you can be like, oh, that's what that is. And then you can have a conversation because you have the same language, you know where you're both coming from, and then you can move forward. Oh, that's so interesting. So when you do the StrengthsFinders test, does it tell you your shadows as well? Or is that something you need to do some deeper work with? That is something you need to do deeper work with. There is more in, on the website that would share with you a little bit um, about who you work best with, who compliments you, things like that. But there is a whole nother level uh, that I think is so much more impactful when you work with a coach or work with people who know about it and are able to really dig deep and just have the personal piece to it too. So you can have the readout that gives it very specific, but they don't know what you're doing for work. They, are not, they don't know about your specific relationships. They don't know what you're doing in your interactive days. So like when I work with my clients, those are the things we talk about. What are the things you're doing every day where your strengths come out or where your shadows come out? or even where your misunderstandings are. How could you easily be misunderstood by other people based on your strengths? One of the things that I believe you do is sometimes you go into groups and organizations and help guide them, like kind of do coaching together as a group. So are you using the strengths finder and everything in those situations? And if so, can you give us maybe some high level examples of how you've helped groups function better because they found out their strengths? So a lot of it has to do with what I was kind of talking about. I got to go in a school district, in a local school district, and work with their administrative team. And yes, they all do the strengths. They come into it with knowing what their strengths are. And it's so fun because you ask them what, your, what their strengths are and how they feel about them. And there is a good portion of people who are never real, really fond of what they have discovered in their strengths, or they don't recognize that this was actually strength, kind of like me and my adaptability. And so that's where I come in and I get to work with them to really see how it does play out. Because the majority of the time, I, in fact, all the times that I have worked with people, once we really go deep into them, then they can see how that is a strength. Oh, that you're right. <laughs> And even though they were like, this is not me at all. Um, I had one gentleman who had uh, maximizer. That's another strength. Had maximizer as a number one. He's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. What, what is that? That doesn't make any sense. I am not a maximizer. Well, and the, through conversations, then we rec he was able to recognize that that's what he does all the time. And because it's just so ingrained in him, he, again, assumed everybody else did that. But when I showed him how other people on his team didn't necessarily recognize that or don't do that, he was really surprised. He does, so what he is like, so, Right? <laughs> like he, was just one, <laughs> he was one of those people who saw potential in everybody. Okay. And the thought of other people not seeing the potential in everybody just was so foreign to him. He just couldn't believe that people didn't think that way. Like, no, because not everybody has that strength, right? right. So um, being able to, again, that self-awareness of where it's coming out is so imperative. And then when it comes into teamwork, then 
again, it does help with the conflict resolution. We spent a lot of time together with this group um, and, and they have worked together for a long time. Some of these people have been working together for 15 years and they were like, I had no idea about somebody else, like to be able to see that that was their strength and, and that's where they thrived. Um, they, they were just, that was their favorite part when we talked about takeaways. They're like, I just loved hearing about how other people's strengths and how they were working and what they're doing. Um, of course, their administrator, um, the superintendent, she knew all these people very well and she's very intuitive. And so she was just like sitting back and just enjoying seeing them interacting because there are things that she's known, but now they're discovering it amongst themselves. Wow, that's great. So a question I have is when it comes to people when they take their tests, when you're working with clients and they take the tests, what percentage of them are like, oh yeah, I knew that about myself versus are like, I had no idea this was a strength of mine? Um, I would almost say maybe one or two of them are like, oh yeah. And then a lot of them are like, what? <laughs> Yeah. what yeah so um i it's a it's a mix maybe someday i'll have to do the data and go back and look at through my clients and try to recall all their initial responses to their 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 results um but i think both i think my response was is probably the most typical um i wasn't surprised about communication and then I didn't even know what connectedness was and restorative makes sense. Cause I'm always trying to fix things like fix relationships. Like I was the fixer. Right. So, um, so I don't know there's usually two or three that you're probably, Oh yeah. And then other ones are like, what? <laughs> so, um, definitely a mix. Well, I think that's a really good point because it shows that we think we know ourselves but because we're so used to ourselves, is we don't always see everything. We need, sometimes need that additional perspective to really show us what we're doing well and, and all that stuff. Now, I know we talked about strengths. It talks about shadows, or you can figure out your shadows by working with someone digging deeper. Does it really go into kind of like anything about our weaknesses or our, our shadows really are our weaknesses? That's a good question. I think that's one of the reasons why Gallup gives you your top five. You know, you can pay an extra fee and you can get the all 34 in order. You don't get the complete detailed pieces of it um, that you would for the top five. There's definitely an explanation for each one, but they're a little more general than that really specific one. Right. And one of the reasons why is because when we get a list of 34, what do we do? We, we, we look at the bottom ones, right? To see what we stink at, <laughs> right? And, and then we work at fixing that. So what, um, what I like to talk about, what, what, which I learned from Nexecute is the idea of being able to manage your weaknesses. So you can look, if you wanna look at that whole list, you can, I don't recommend looking at that list till like, I didn't look at my whole list till about, seven years after I took the top five because I really wanted to focus on what I do well and how I can um, maximize that. Um, but I did, and this last year actually took, paid the extra fee and got all 34. 
and not surprising, uh, like discipline was my 33rd out of 34. So, like, which would also explain the real messy desk and the, you know, there's all sorts of things I can attribute to that. Um, so the idea is to one, surround yourself around people that have the strengths that you don't. And two, to be able to, to still manage it. So I still have to come up with a spreadsheet sometimes because I don't have the, the team around me that I, that I would love to have at this point. So being able to know, okay, this is something I don't like to do. Um, but so I'm going to have to schedule time to do it and just work at doing it because I'm not going to wake up one morning and go, Oh, I get to put that spreadsheet together today, you know? Um, so being able to put in place things, uh, to do the things that maybe you don't thrive at. Um, and that looks different for each person based on their strengths. Uh, so some people who might have fewer interpersonal skills, that might be a whole different kind of, do you still have to be personal? Yes, you still have to be able to communicate with people. So being able to maybe either find another coach um, that helps you specifically in that area. You know, there are people who do the whole like communication piece to it. Find people that can help you. Or again, if you can find people who will do it for you, that's great. But at the end of the day, so many of us have to do so many other pieces of it too. And just recognizing that. And then knowing it's going to take me longer to do that. It's going to take more effort. It's going to take um, more than I would something else. So again, that self-awareness, knowing what you have to put into it, is part of managing those weaknesses. Yeah, no, I love that. I know back from my time in corporate, where my team was in the corporation, we were in a large international corporation, you could kind of go multiple different ways for your next step in your career. And sometimes when I was talking through team members and what some of the stuff you were saying just reminded me of this, like I would talk to my team members and say, okay, what do you love about the job you're doing now? What do you tolerate? What do you absolutely hate that you wish you never had to do another day? Okay, those tasks that you hate, yes, Sometimes you're going to have to suck it up and deal with it, and it's going to be a part of your role. But if you hate these tasks, you don't want to go into a position where this is a majority of the work. And sometimes my team members would be like, but I don't want to tell you I don't like a part of my job. So it's like, I'm not going to tell you anything because then are you going to like be like, oh, this isn't the job for you. Let's exit you from the company. I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's like, as you move in your career, you need to get to something where you're enjoying your work because it, because for example, for you, if you got yourself into a job where you had to create spreadsheets every day, you'd be miserable. So knowing that you don't like that, makes it so you can avoid getting in positions where that is your day in and day out, where other people, they're going to go and become data analysts and all this stuff where they're using spreadsheets and comparing numbers and all this stuff, like using that because they, because they love it. So I feel like that's, that's definitely really important is like, know what you don't like, know what kind of like your, you know, quote unquote weaknesses are. So that way you can Learn how to manage it and whatever that means for you. Get in, get in an area where you don't have to worry about that as much. You tolerate it when it happens versus having it drag you down every day. Well, and what you're just talking about is a culture, right? So what you brought to your team 
is a culture of strengths based where you want to focus on what they're good at. And that really does come from the top down. That really comes from what kind of space are you creating for your employees where they can thrive in their strengths. And that's why I think when you can do this with your team, that just brings out so many good things and it creates um, verbiage amongst each other. It gives a common language and it gives uh, space to be able to say, I love this and I don't love this, <laughs> you know? And then when that conversation can happen, again, you're coming to the efficiency of your team and, and the joy and, and the strengths that they're bringing to the team instead of being fearful of what, not what they are good at or fearful that they're gonna say the wrong thing. So again, that comes from the top down, the culture that you can create as a team leader. Yeah, yes. And I think also knowing your strengths is really good for when you're these small businesses and you're just growing your team. So you really know what to delegate. And, and part of that is there's things that need to get done in your business. There's no question about it. It needs to get done in your business. But if it's going to drain you every day, maybe that's one of the first things that you delegate. You know, because if it's going to take you three hours to get through something because you hate it, you're dragging your feet, it's not, you're not the best in it, but you can hire someone and they can get it done in 45 minutes, that might be the best thing for you to outsource and for you to delegate and for you to get a team member to do because then you gain all that time back and you're, and you're happier because you didn't have to go through that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so when you do the tests and you're working with someone, can your strengths change over time? That is a really good question. Um, typically, what my research has shared, shown is that your top 10 pretty much stay the same, regardless if you're taking at age 18 or 35 or 75. So they, the top 10. So there is movement. Um, there's movement in... in um, sometimes the situation you're in, which ones you're using more. Um, but typically the top 10 are pretty solid. Okay. It's good to know. Benny, you've given us so much information and I'm sure there's people that really want to find out more about their strengths and then work with someone to really figure out how to use those strengths that are coming back in their top five or top 10 to lead their team better or to work with someone who's going to, you know, identify all the team's strengths and how they can really interact and keep growing their team and growing their business. So how can people get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is through my website, which is jennyshubring.com. There's also, you can find me on Facebook. I'm working on getting Instagram going. I try to, and LinkedIn, those are all places that you can see, see where I am and, and what I do. Awesome. Yeah. So I will drop all that in the show notes. So anyone who wants to get in touch with Jenny and dig deeper into their strengths, please reach out. All right, Jenny. So we're up to our final question. So we all have leaders or managers throughout our life that have stood out to us. So think about the most impactful leader or manager that you have had and what characteristics have really made them that way. So tell us a little bit about this leader or manager that has had a positive impact on you. 
So this manager, I guess he was my boss, actually uh, was at a camp I worked at when I was a young adult. So very influential time, right, where you're just trying to figure out who you are and um, what you're going to do. And I got to work with him um, as a volunteer in high school and then also then as his staff uh, when in college. And what he did was opened up a box. Um, I was very much like learning things with um, a very small group, right? I was in a bubble, especially that high school years. And I went to a parochial grade school, high school, even college for a while. And so what he did was help me think a new way, help me be aware of other ideas and be willing to listen well and learn from them things that I never thought of. I never thought of myself as a creative person and he showed me that I was. Um, and he did that with all the people that I worked with, just was able to challenge us so that we would think outside of ourselves for a little bit. And that was the beginning of me taking down the road of going into recreation management, which is what he did. I kind of followed his footsteps for a while um, and just showed me that I, one, that I could work really well with people and that I was creative and that I can do what I really love. He had a license plate that actually said, paid to play. And I thought, that is awesome. <laughs> I want to get paid to play too. And just, um, I think that's just the, he just brought out the best in people and gave them room to grow and gave them room to find out who they are while give, introducing new ideas and other possibilities. Awesome. That's great. Well, thank you, Jenny, so much for your time today and coming on to the podcast. I am so glad that we got to do this. This is wonderful. So thank you for the opportunity. And that wraps up this interview for the Growing Your Team podcast. But as I promised at the beginning of the episode, and as I told Jenny when we were conducting the interview, I was going to take the Strength Finders test and find out what my top five strengths were. So I completed the test earlier this week, and my top five strengths in order are strategic, analytical, relator, competition, and significance. I can definitely say I really wasn't surprised seeing most of these on there, especially the top two. I would always say I'm very strategic and have analytical thinking. What really surprised me, though, is when I was going through the ways that I bring out these strengths. So what it was telling me about me, because the test will give you the generic kind of definition and what the strength typically means, and then it breaks it down to what it means for you, is some of the things that it's said in here about how I bring out strategic and analytical are exactly how I will say that I help my clients, how I help you guys when I'm working with people one-on-one, because it's all about diving into the details, figuring out what's best for the situation, making sure to ask why and not just get that surface level information, that I'm able to see both the big picture and how everything works. So it was definitely very eye-opening for me. The one that I didn't quite 
see at first when I was just reading the generic definitions was the relator. The generic definition of what the relator means, I was like, um, okay, I guess maybe I can see that in some situations. I see I have those qualities, but I would have never said it was one of my strengths, especially being my number three strength. But then I got into reading what it said about me and how I use it, and I was just like, oh, this is exactly me. This is a strength I have. So it's one of those things when you read the generic definitions, you might not necessarily get it right away and how it relates to your strength. But if you take the test, make sure you take time to read how it relates to you, that other re- the second report that it gives you, because it really will be eye-opening about, yes, I have these qualities, I have these characteristics, and they are something that I do very well. So one of the things it said about the relator which I was like, yes, I definitely do this, is that I have the ability to take complex information and break it down in ways where people understand it. And I just remember one time this stood out for me where it really said it was like, oh, other people recognize I have the ability to do this and they're grasping this is we were in a meeting and we were have, there was this expert presenting and this expert was very, very smart on the subject but the people that were in the room didn't have the same knowledge on that subject. And one of the more senior people in the room actually paused and stopped the person from presenting and turned to me and said, Jamie, can you explain to this, this to us in a way that we understand? So them being in the room knew that you know I had, of course, in this situation, I had some additional knowledge that they didn't have on the subject. So they knew that because I had the knowledge on the subject, because I had the knowledge of our team, that I would be able to take the two together and explain it in a way that made sense for them. And that's one of the things that I try to do a lot with my clients is there are some complexities about managing and hiring, and you can go read these books and they can be very technical, that I try to break things down in a way that makes sense for you, that you're going to understand it. So I definitely, once I got into that part, I was like, oh, I see the strength. I see that I... I do it. And then going into the last do to the competition and the significance that I like to be told that I'm doing things well. I like to know that I'm doing things well. And one way I like to know that I'm doing things well is by there being benchmarks, by there being something where there's those this tangible assets where it can be like, yes. I did well on this. Yes, I did the best on this. Or being able to say, I didn't do the best on this. So that is something that is really true to me. And then the significance that I like being, in a way, told that I'm doing a good job. So it kind of ties back to some of the things where I know we talked about on other episodes, words of affirmation, where to me, word, um, sorry, love languages words of affirmation is one of my top love languages along with quality time where I like being told things. So it was definitely good to see the things I learned from other tests and other things about myself tied together with this one's as well. And it really goes shows you that these tests do have the ability to bring out and show you your strengths and true things about you because these tests that you take from different areas, the results start to line up and give you that bigger picture about yourself. So I highly encourage you, if you have not done Strength Finders yet, go and do it. You're going to get a lot of great information about your top strengths 
how you use them and make you kind of like as Jenny said in the episode you start to realize that not everybody has these strengths that your strengths are yours and the way you bring them out is yours and once you know that you're able to work together as a team and pull out everyone's strengths so that way there's that great balance across your team where you're achieving things together and you're not assuming that everyone is just like you and has the same strengths and wants to do everything the the way you do that wants to run a business or have the same achievements that everyone else has different goals different strengths and we're going to have the best teams when we have that great balance and work together that's it for today make sure you tune in next week for another episode of the growing your team podcast thank you for joining us for this episode of growing your team with your host jamie van kite be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect access the show notes and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team